welcoming traveler. Get ready to level up in fantasy football. happening everybody thank you for joining us on another episode of the fantasy football rpg podcast we're live streaming it's happening first live stream ever and uh, i'm excited to be here sitting down with my good buddies ff mike cash mike kashuba how you doing buddy i'm great excited to be here let's talk some football yes yes that is what we are here to do eric is also joining us a corn dog on sleeper how you doing man I'm doing good, Corey. I am barely awake, but ready to talk some football. Well, I will. Uh, I'll just yell into the microphone a lot to uh, wake you up. How about that? Correct. Uh, all right. Uh, and last but not least, we got Evan Lowe in the house. EP Lowe on Sleeper. How you doing, Evan? Doing pretty good. It's been a long day, so uh, I've been known for falling asleep in ten seconds. So I may do this. We'll see. I will give a, a ten dollar charity donation if we get Evan asleep on the pod. I will. I, I think that'll be classic entertainment uh, for our brand. But I'm excited to get into it, guys. Uh, excited to be on YouTube live streaming. Uh, I see one eyeball, so we at least have one person <laughs> looking at us, which is in, uh, very interesting and fun. Uh, but yeah, guys, let's let's get into things here with uh, a little bit of a, a cold open question that I had. A very cold one uh, on a hot summer day. It felt appropriate to ask you all this because I don't know. Uh, I don't know if you guys get down on the iced cream, but I am an iced cream lover. And personally, I, I just want to know everyone's favorite ice cream flavor. Uh, Mike, do you have a favorite you'd like to shout out? I would love to. Uh, mint chocolate chip. It's delightful. It gives a little like minty flavor to cool off in addition to the ice. Do you call it iced cream or ice cream? I think it's ice cream, but iced cream just sounded fancier. So that's just, it kind of rolled off my tongue like that. I feel like if I was in Europe, it'd be called iced cream, but. I think, uh, yeah, that, that so sounds right. Mint chocolate chip. Eric, what you got? I do enjoy some mint chocolate chip. That's way up there for me. But I think if I had to pick a favorite, it'd probably be cotton candy. I got hooked on those like cotton candy Dippin' Dots. And now they have ice cream. Oh, that's like yeah. the exact flavor of it without it being Dippin' Dot form. And it's super good. Dippin' Dots is, is goaded. It's it's a very, very good ice cream treat. It is strange, though, that I think, you know, it's been around for like 30 years, but it's always been like the ice cream of the future. And it's still like, is it still the ice cream of the future? Because it hasn't changed. We are in the future and consuming it. So I would assume it is still the ice cream uh, of the future. Got me on a technicality. Yep, I guess you're right. Evan, what about you, man? You're not a secret lactose intolerant, are you? Nope, not at all. Good. Very, very much enjoy my uh, strawberry milkshakes and strawberry ice cream without chunks in it. No chunky strawberry ice cream. It's got to be smooth strawberry ice cream. Did I, you know that strawberry used to be flavored through arsenic? I don't know, but if that's the case, give me all the arsenic and I will have a short life, but I will enjoy it. There are all oh, those yeah. things, right? I mean, it's just like whiskey. You know, I mean, we all shouldn't be drinking it, but who's going to stop us? Evan, uh, if, you, um, if you were drinking a milkshake and did not know there were chunks and you got chunks, would that be a top five worst day of your life moment? 
Oh, I would 100% ask the waitress for a new one. <laughs> throw a fit right then and there? No, I'm not going to throw a fit. I'm going to very politely say, hey, you screwed up this milkshake. I would like a new one, please. I, I can always count on you for being uh, very direct but polite. So good on you. Um, my favorite, you know, it might make me sound a little childish, but I really get down on a good rainbow sherbet. Um, I just like, I like the fruit flavors. Uh, I'm known for my, my, uh, taste in fruity beers and it, it translates well to ice cream. Uh, there's a specific one from Baskin Robbins called wild and reckless. That's like blue raspberry and strawberry and green apple. And that's just, yep. Check, check, check. I will, I will take all of the sherbet. That sounds like a boy band album name for the hottest <laughs> summer of 2015. So, you know what's funny is they, I remember distinctly when this ice cream came out because it was a promo ice cream for the movie, um, Sta like Stallion of the something. Like it was this animated movie about a horse and they came out with it and it had pop rocks in it. And it was called Wild and Reckless. And ever, I thought it was dumb, but then I tried it and I'm like, I mean, it's dumb, but it's tasty. And ever since then, it's been a go-to for me. So, are you a hundred percent sure that was not a fever dream? <laughs> I am ninety percent sure it was not. Uh, there's a ten percent chance. I mean, I've had some pretty crazy fever dreams, so it could be. I have some in my fridge, though, so it does exist. Well, great. Well, before we get into the football talk, let's take it to a quick ad break. But ice cream flavors aside, uh, I want to talk about someone that looked iced cold in uh, the last preseason game that we had on Monday here, guys. Ravens v. Commanders. And Sam Howell was looking frosty out there against those second and third teamers from the Ravens. Uh, you guys catch any of that? You see any of those uh, absolute lasers that Howell was, was tossing out there? I did. Did you brought up a great point. Uh, the first quarter, they scored three points against the starters, and then the commanders kept in their entire first-team offense as the Ravens took out their starters because they're in the preseason and they're trying to figure out what's going on with their life. But the commanders treated it like their Super Bowl. Uh, so Sam Howell looked great in the second quarter against corners that I could not name. Well, well, breaking that 24-game streak had to feel pretty good, even though it was preseason. Uh, the Ravens lose that 24 streak, so that's that's rough. Uh, meanwhile, we had a very unfortunate, because they kept their stars out there, very unfortunate Terry McLaurin injury. Uh, caught a little bit of that turf toe, which I don't like that <laughs> at all. Uh, I don't have a ton of Terry McLaurin, but the shares I do have, that's just that's not what I like. Uh, those can linger. Uh, those can take weeks to get over. Not a fan. Um, Evan, did you catch any of it? Eric, did you catch any of the preseason? You watch any of that? You see any Justice Hill out there? Um, I only caught the highlights of it. I did not get a chance okay. to watch it last night. But I could tell that Sam Howell was playing very well because I got multiple offers of Sam Howell for multiple first-round picks in different leagues. And I was like, he must be playing very well tonight because this came out of nowhere. Yeah, well, like Mike mentioned and I mentioned, uh, he was mostly playing against second and third teamers from the Ravens who don't really have a great defense to begin with with their ones. So like second, third team, probably not <laughs> very good either. 
Um, but he did look good. You know, we shall see. But I think we'll talk a little bit more, Sam, how a little later in the episode when we get to our bold, spicy takes, uh, not to spoil anything. But let's uh, let's keep moving along here uh, because we had some other pretty significant news. Probably the top of the charts here was the Jonathan Taylor getting permission to seek a trade uh, from the Colts organization, even though Jim Mercer said, ain't no way we trade in Jonathan Taylor. Seems like, yes, there is way that we might trade Jonathan Taylor if a team will give us a first or equivalent to a four, uh, first. Um, Evan, <laughs> we've been kind of going back and forth about whether or not this will happen. Uh, I've just get, been, you know, reminding you about certain things I've been seeing that you've obviously been seeing too. It's like, oh, the Dolphins are expected to explore trade and uh, ooh, the Vikings might be a good fit. You are pretty firmly in the camp, though, I, I think of... Jonathan Taylor is going to be a Colt, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I still think he's going to be a Colt. I don't think they're going to get anywhere close to what they want for him. And if you look at the compensation for next year, I mean, I would assume they're going to want more than that. Uh, if the rumors are true that they want a first for him, I think that's absolutely ridiculous. And I don't see him getting traded for anything more than a second. And I even think that's a pipe dream at this point. Yeah, I, I saw uh, someone out there say maybe they include Devon A-Chain and give him in a second <laughs> for JT, which I think is a little silly, uh, seeing as they just drafted A-Chain. But, um, you know, all likelihood, we can have fun predicting all we want. I, you're probably right. Like, realistically speaking, a team will have to trade for him, give up capital, and then also pay him, which is tough to do in this kind of market. Um Anyone else see any rumblings, though, about are we kind of all on the camp, actually, of he's probably going to be a Colt? That's the most likely situation. Yeah. Uh, OK, well, I mean, we can move on from that just because, you know, it was important to mention, but I don't think there's a lot to talk about. Um, we will move on to a very important piece of fake news that I read earlier that Baker Mayfield was named the starter for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I mean, that kid, like, obviously, there's some sort of uh irreparable organization floating that out you know they don't they don't have anything to back that up i'm sure oh it came from the bucks huh uh well no matter i mean baker will definitely be benched like you know first half of the first game and kyle trask will come in reign supreme as is his right uh any dissenters no great uh let's, let's move on uh last kind of piece of big news here that I really didn't want to see happen, but happened. Uh, as it seems to happen every single year for the Seattle Seahawks, our first-round draft pick is injured. Yay. Um, I think this is like a four-year streak. Um, I can like name back, I think, four, going on four years, our first-round draft picks that got injured in like the preseason or very early on in the season. Um kind of par for the course but it sucks man i mean i'm looking at the hawks rookies right now most of them are injured most of them like our other first round rookie uh witherspoon injured hasn't played any preseason uh now jsn breaks his wrist got surgery today expected back for week one is what i read but ah, uh, i don't think so uh maybe maybe if it's like like a scope or something but if he broke a wrist bone I'm not expecting him back for a couple weeks into the season, which really, really just sucks. I was very excited for our trio of wide receivers, but now it seems like that is in turmoil and 
I am sad. And that is why I will be drinking too many beers tonight. Cheers. Um, but yeah, uh, that is kind of all of the news I scoped out. I don't know if you guys saw anything else, any preseason hype you wanted to spread the word on. Uh, Eric, you got something for us? Just on the JSN point, I think it was pretty well pushed that he's probably going to be back for week one. Um, I just thought this was interesting. I like usually stream the Rich Eisen show when I'm at work. I'll just have it in like my earbud and listen to it as I'm working. And uh, Peter King was on and he's what he does is he goes to a whole bunch of the training camps every year and usually has some pretty good insights because he goes to the practices and sees what they're doing. And they asked him what his biggest takeaway was so far this year. And he said, I'm surprised I'm saying this, but JSN for the Seahawks is going to be a problem for the rest of the league. He said he could not believe how good and elite he looked in practice and that he already knew he was good, but to see how good he looked against other Seahawks players in practice, he said he's going to be special. So, I mean, you can all, we can all take that as we um, will, but I just, for that to be his. I'll, I'll take it as gospel, man. I'm with you. <laughs> I thought it was interesting. Yeah. I, I've, you know, I obviously, I, I follow the Seahawks uh, newsbeat, maybe a little closer than everyone else here because I am in Seattle and I am a fan. Um, and yeah, all I have seen is amazing catches by JSN, uh, separation, athletic plays, uh, constant hype, constant positivity. Uh, I think he's going to be super special. I'm I'm very, very excited for him. Uh, what are the um, odds he's wide receiver one on the Seahawks by the end of this year? I still think it's DK. I, I, I still think it's DK. I think, he's po- I think he's poised to take Tyler Lockett's spot, though, like as of next year. I, I kind of see that in the cards. Tyler Lockett sort of takes a step back. Jason steps into the role. And there's kind of like a 1A, 1B to DK and JSN next year. Do you guys want to know who has scored more fantasy points every year that DK Metcalf has been in the league between D- DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett? Tyler Lockett. Every single year. So I inheriting know. that role is maybe yeah. – he doesn't look like the wide receiver one. Maybe he doesn't have a six-pack abs and Skittles, but that's Wide receiver what. one, look, I'll, I'll give you this. Wide receiver one on the team, I think, is Metcalf in terms of the looks and the progressions. JSN could be the wide receiver one on the Seahawks from a di- like a dynasty or just fantasy perspective. Uh, I, I could very well see that. I think he'll be a target hog. Uh, I think he'll be super efficient. I think he'll take slot snaps. Um, so yeah, I count me super excited. It sucks that he broke his freaking wrist in the preseason. Uh, I saw the screenshot of the play that had happened. It sucks. Like he just literally lands on his wrist in a bad way. Um, it just sucks. Going back, I mean, we had JSN, and then last year we had D Eskridge. Year before that, uh, I think it was uh, Marquise Blair or something like a first round safety. I think we had. And then year before that it was Penny. And they they, just, they all get hurt every single year with the Hawks, so it sucks. I'm you you think I'd get used to it by now, right? Like the the pain would dull. It, it hasn't dulled. It still hurts. I still don't like it. If you um, are a big fan of a player coming out of college in the NFL, is there a worse place they could land than Seattle? Because they're probably going to get hurt. Uh yeah. I mean, they could land on the Browns. Just had to <laughs> torch the Browns a little bit there. Uh, but, but okay. Um, 
Well, I'm excited to get into the the big chunk of this episode with you guys because we're going to kind of play around in Eric's domain and give you all some super hot and spicy takes. Uh, I'm very excited. I put together a, a couple extra ones just in case these guys uh, have similar takes to me. I can sort of pivot and, and not have to double up, but very excited to hear what you guys have to say. And look, I mean, take master himself, the, the spicy general. I want to hear Eric's first spicy take first. Eric, throw it down. I am all about the hot and spicy, hot and spicy takes, hot and spicy poops, whatever you need. But my very first one, I'm going to start a little bit easy, is um, I have a really, really good feeling about this guy. And I thought he was going to be one of the top guy, one of the top wide receivers coming out of college. And unfortunately, the cancer diagnosis happened. And he seems to be coming back very, very well. I'd like what I've seen. And I think there's a great shot that John Meshi is going to be a possible wide receiver three flex play this year. By the end of the year, he's going to end up in that kind of realm. Uh, I really like what I've seen. He's got a new quarterback, so he can hopefully develop some chemistry. I mean, I know Nico Collins is also there. Um, is Brandon Cook still there? No. Cowboys. That's, that's correct. Cowboys, thank you. But um, I really like the talent and upside of John Meshie, and I could absolutely see him finishing this year as a wide receiver three flex play. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that's, I think that's what you're hoping. If you do have Mechie, if you drafted him, um, wide receiver three was what you kind of had in mind as, as his floor. I mean, he's a, he's a first round guy, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, if not for the cancer, we would probably be already talking to him praises, uh, just based off the talent alone and, uh, whether or not he can take, uh, another step with, with CJ Stroud, but he kind of loses that year. And now it's a little bit more questionable, but, you know, I, I like it. I think there's definitely a chance for him there. You know, uh, rookie QBs, as Mike has pointed out several times and wrote an article about uh, that he brings up <laughs> all the time. Uh, rookie QBs don't do well supporting uh, their cast for their, their rookie season, just generally speaking. But, you know, if all you're banking on is a flex or wide receiver play, which I think, like I said, is kind of hopefully his floor here. Uh, I, I could dig it. I'm with it. I think he's probably the talented, like most talented wide receiver on the team. Mm -hmm. And I think this is the last chance you have to get him cheap. What do you think? Uh, I mean, ballpark, what would you, what would you send to go get Mechie? I, I mean, I'm pretty high on him, but I would probably send a late second. Try to get him for okay. that. Yeah, that's, that's bold. I think that could have been your bold take is you should, you should go and spend a late second on John Mechie. I could do that. Bold and spicy. I like it. Okay. Uh, well, let's, let's move to Evan. Evan, do you want to give your first bold and spicy take? Yeah. So my first bold take is that Chris Olave will finish with the most air yards in football this year. Oh, wow. So you look at him, he's getting a new quarterback in car. He led the Saints in targets last year. He's getting a questionably healthy Michael Thomas back to potentially divert some coverage from him. And you look at the fact that he only got 119 targets last year, which I'm projecting closer to 145, 150 this year. Uh, and on top of that, he averaged 14.1 
uh, air yards per target last year, which was the most out of the top 10 wide receivers. I like it. Yeah, that's 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 a nice take. You backed it up. Uh, I like Chris Olave a lot. I actually I didn't think it was super bold, so I didn't include it. But I will say I think there's a very fair shot that he outscores Garrett Wilson this year. Um, so, yeah, I, I like it. Dig it. Anyone else have a comment about Chris Olave before we move to Mike's? I mean, are we sure that Derek Carr is an upgrade over Andy Dalton? Are we are we sure? I'm I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. Are we sure? Yeah. Andy Dalton at that at this stage, yeah. If it was Andy Dalton ten years ago, maybe more of a conversation. Uh, but right now, yeah, I would take Derek Carr over Andy Dalton. I mean, Jameis Winston's gonna be the quarterback by week nine anyway, but Whoa, is that your is that your take? (laughs) No, that's just off the cuff. (laughs) All right, that's Mike's first spicy take. Now I'll go to mine. That is now the heading of the episode. Yeah, no, that's let me not put it real, as a banner but, real quick. Yeah. Um, let's go with this one. So I love to say that rookie quarterbacks ruin their pass catchers. I like to say that rookie tight ends don't matter. I'm going to go against that second one. I think there are two rookie tight ends that finish in the top 12 this season. I can't tell you which two it will be between Musgrave, Laporta, Michael Mayer. I haven't even you know, mentioned everyone's heartthrob Kincaid, but I think there are two of them that can sneak into the top 12. And I think three of those guys are going outside the top 12 in your drafts right now. So yeah, take a swing on a rookie tight end because they're coming in more polished. They're coming in as better receivers. Like all of them went to situations that love to feed their tight end the ball. Like Las Vegas had Darren Waller before this, the lions had Hawkinson and they had the most tight ends uh, touchdowns last year even after Hawkinson left, like they, these are systems that are going to feed them. And then Kincaid got the first round draft capital. So take a swing. Why not? Yeah. I mean, I, I think that directly coincides with what I truly believe. I mean, this was just such a great class for tight end, man, like so many good tight ends. So I think it's a good bet to make just based on like, where are you missing? Like even go, go as far down as like a, like a Darnell Washington. And it's still in, like, still interesting if, if Frymuth gets hurt, like Washington has some, some serious upside there just with his, his physicality and his, yeah, his physical traits. Um, so yeah, take, take a swing. I, I like that. That's a, that's a good one. Um, out of those guys is, is Kincaid your number one rookie tight end, Mike? Uh, he's number one out of the group but i think when we're talking about them compared to their cost like what happened that michael mayer died like ah, thank he, you he was everyone's baby doll he's going to the raiders with mike mcdaniel thank you or not mike thank mcdaniel you. josh mcdaniels who yes. uh didn't he coach some guy named gronk love to feed him the ball yeah he did that some probably, that happened at some point yeah uh he loves to feed his tight ends the ball. Jimmy G just came from San Francisco and loved to give Kittle the ball. Like, there's a lot of opportunity for Michael Merida on this offense. Yeah, I'm I'm completely with you. And honestly, I think my second guy might be Laporta, and then Kincaid maybe like directly under that. Um, but yeah, Michael Mayer, I'm still like draft capital aside, man. I mean, it usually doesn't matter that much for tight ends, like just consistently it seems like these guys show up 
uh, even if they're taken in later rounds. So I'm still on Mayer. I still think he can be a focal point. I mean, they have Adams and really nothing else there in Vegas. Uh, but yeah, Eric, go ahead. Yeah. Well, real quick, sorry. Uh, Mayer is not Gronk by any means. I'm saying oh, that I that thought that you, offense... Wasn't that your take? Is that Mayer is the second coming of Gronk? Is that what you said? <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I'm just saying that Mayer is playing in a system that likes to emphasize their tight ends, whether it's Waller, Gronk, yeah. insert name here. Even Foster Moreau looked like a thing for a while. So that's uh I was gonna say that's a pretty spicy take comparing Michael Mayer to the best tight end to ever grace the football field in existence ever. Um, non debatable. So I actually really like the two tight ends in the top twelve take a lot. And I think long term, I think Kincaid personally is probably the best talent and the one I'm most excited about in the future. But if I'm going for like this year, I really like Laporta in Detroit. Mm -hmm. I think that's a great landing spot for him. I think Goff's going to feed him the ball. Um, I'm really excited about Laporta being one of those two in the top 12. I don't think Kincaid will be this year, but I think down the road, if Knox moves along and he gets good chemistry with Allen, he could be the best one of the crew. But for this year, I like Laporta a lot. Yeah, Laporta has been getting so much praise. I know it's obviously camp hype buzz. Maybe none of it matters, but every time I see Lions camp news out there, it's like Sam Laporta looked amazing again. Sam Laporta is doing awesome stuff again. Uh, so I'm I'm very excited about him. I, I also agree. I think he got put in a great situation. Uh, fills that TJ Hawkinson void. Uh, yeah, I, I like the take. Um, Keeping it to tight ends and seeing as you did mention him, uh, Mike, I will give my first bold and spicy take here. And I will say that Darren Waller will be a top three tight end in fantasy this year. Uh, I love the dichotomy between Brian Dable and getting his quarterback a high-powered weapon and that quarterback taking a, a second step and that high-powered weapon looking awesome. I'm not trying to sit here and compare Darren Waller to, to Stephon Diggs, but they should both be the target. I mean, Stephon Diggs was the target leader, the the wide receiver one. I think Darren Waller will be that for uh, Daniel Jones. And Mike, with all of your uh, love and hype for for Daniel Jones, I mean, I'm I'm right there with you. I I also really like Daniel Jones. Uh, I've always kind of said that he's sort of the poor man's Josh Allen. Even before Dable went to uh, New York, I was saying that. Uh, because of that sneaky rushing upside and that big arm. Um, and I think that Darren Waller eclipses all the other pass catchers on this team. He'll be a target hog. We'll see Darren Waller, uh, you know, return to form back when he was in that conversation with Andrews and Kelsey. Uh, I, as long as he stays healthy, which that's kind of what I'm betting on here with this take is that he will stay healthy and play most of the games. If he does, he will be a top three tight end in fantasy football. I like it. I mean, there's clearly at the top, we still have Kelsey and Andrews though, right? Are you saying that there's a chance Andrews falters Hawkinson? I'm, I'm saying that I don't think he'll be number one, but I think he could be number two. I think he'll be either two or three. I'll buy that for a nickel. Awesome. Uh, well then let us go ahead and bring it to our second takes and we'll just go around the horn the same way, Eric. Why don't you go ahead and throw it down? 
All right. We're about to get a little more spicy up in here. Not quite. Is it ramping up? Is it is like a ghost pepper? It like ramps up in here? Almost. Almost. Ghost pepper is going to be the last one. But um, so I this is probably the one I feel the most sketchy about. But the one I could also – I could really see it happening too is I could see Miles Sanders on the Carolina Panthers being an RB1 top 10 running back this year. I really like that offensive line that they have in Carolina. They have a rookie quarterback with a smart head coach, which I think will want to run the ball a lot and keep it away, not have to let Bryce Young take too many hits, protect him a little bit this year. Also, he's reuniting with another Eagles coach, which is the coach that he had the most catches for in his career in one season, which I believe was 50 his rookie season with the Eagles, if I'm correct. Um, I just really like the upside there. I, I mean, I know there's, um, oh, I can't think of his name off the top of my head. The other running back who's there, Chuba Hubbard. Chuba. Chuba. Um, I'm just not really sold on him being anything super special. And I think they paid Miles Sanders enough. And what is this running back market or whatever they're paying for running backs nowadays that he will be a featured player. And I think Miles Sanders also has a chip on his shoulder that he wants to prove that he can be a top flight running back. Um, go, I'm not saying he is him, but I remember going into last season, Josh Jacobs was looked at very lowly and a lot of people didn't think he was anything great. And then he went out and led the league in rushing. Um, I'm not saying Miles Sanders is going to lead, lead the league in rushing, but can he be a top 10 fantasy running back? I think so. No, he cannot. Incorrect. <laughs> there, so there is no world where Sanders is going to be able to be a top 10 running back because you're looking at it. The offensive line was allegedly good. If you've watched any of this preseason, they're an absolute disaster. This is a dumpster fire of an offensive line with a small quarterback that's not athletic enough to make it happen, with a coaching staff that is doing their best to piece together this offense. But right now it looks like an incohesive unit with no upside. I'm completely out on the Panthers' offense. I'm completely out on the Panthers' team. If you're making bets for last place in the NFC South, it's the Carolina Panthers. Book it now. I really don't appreciate you saying that after you just traded me DJ Chark, Mike. Shoot or shoot. <laughs> Although I did gave I, I gave you the the plotter dud that is Gabe Davis, so you know you win some, you lose some. Uh, okay, yeah, I mean I think that Eric's right though in terms of like volume. I, I think that Miles Sanders will get some serious volume there because the pass catching is so bad. Uh, like I. I you know, who do they have? They, they have a very mediocre wide receiver room. Uh, so Miles Sanders could get like panic screens and dump offs and uh, be, be fed the ball just in terms of like they can't make anything else work. But as Mike said, if that O-line is a disaster, what is the volume going to really lead to? And it's the volume. And then also, like, is there any touchdown upside in this offense? Like, they, they're going to play against Atlanta, who's going to that, – that game is going to go four series long because they're both going to run two 15-minute drives and end the game. They play the Saints, who's going to run up the score on them early, and then nothing's going to happen the rest of the game. Like, that, it's well, just not a good situation I, for anybody. I'll also say, though, like, the Panthers have a pretty decent defense, right? Like, they have some playmakers there, and if they can keep games, like – kind of on that side of things where where the defense is sort of uh stopping the other team from scoring a lot of points maybe all they really need to do is pound the ball with miles sanders and maybe that's how it works out maybe miles sanders is good enough to overcome the terrible o-line and my cost i'm not i'm not betting on it but it could happen 
Mike forgot to mention that once the Buccaneers bench Baker halfway through the first game, they will go 17-0 from there on out, led by Kyle Trask. So Wait, you said, you said 17. Once he's benched 17-0. So he's getting benched within the first quarter. Correct. Of so the first then game. they will yeah, continue I like the it. game and go forward. But, uh, Mike, since you, you know were what? so out on Miles Sanders, I'm, I'm will you it. water bet that uh, Miles Sanders, top 20 running back this year in fantasy? Top 20? Yeah, you hate him so much. He has no shot at top 10. Why I'll do 18. What is it? I'll do 18. 18? Deal. Sold. We're going to have to <laughs> compile these freaking water bets that everyone's making. I have no yeah. earthly clue how many are out floating around there that we've made. Yeah, I'm going to write this one down. If we have any listeners that want to go back and double check for us, I think there's a Devontae Adams in there somewhere. There's a Gibbs in there yeah. somewhere. Bryce think, versus Anthony Richardson. Yeah, that one's – you can drink the water now. That's that over. Garbage. Wait, is it drink the water? Wait, how do these water bets work? Because we've I, never actually gone through with one. Is it drinking water? Because that kind of sucks. I thought it was like you dump water on your head. We can do uh, – you have to mail the other person liquid death. That's – that's okay. That's interesting. I like that. Because they killed you I, in the bet? Yeah. I, I can Water bet it. brought to you by it. Liquid Death. If you work at Liquid Ooh. Death, give us a call. If we can get that sponsorship, then that's definitely what we'll do. Um, but I also really like the idea of we have to like send the winner of the bet a video of someone dumping like a bucket of water on our heads. We could make a alternate Twitter page too called the Water Bet Board for the Fantasy Football RPG podcast where we just tweet out whenever we make water bets so people can keep up with them too. That's a great idea, Eric. Thank you for taking that responsibility on. I'm looking forward to seeing you make that. Uh, okay, well, let's go ahead. And this is that, that was a good one to talk about at the very least. So appreciate you, Eric. Uh, let's move to Evan's second spicy hot take. All right, so my spicy hot take is Tua plays every game this year and finishes with a top three passing yard season. Wow. Is that – are you banking on the uh, taekwondo, the judo? I mean, look, he's, he's beefed up, and hopefully he's learning how to fall. And part of me just thinks he's had so much bad luck. Uh, eventually it's got to turn around, right? And it's supposed to be spicy hot, so – it's pretty hot down in Miami from what I hear. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I like it. I like it. Uh, maybe would help uh, to uh, stay a little bit more on his feet if they had like a, I don't know, an, an all pro running back uh, right behind him, right? Like, a, I don't know, like a Jonathan Taylor. No, no, no. That makes no sense because that would take away from his passing volume. He needs to throw the ball 50 times a game. You know, that's just how that <laughs> offense operates. Well, what if they what if they trade for Jonathan Taylor and just use him as a pass blocker? Corey, I need to kick you from this. <laughs> no, but you can't. I have, regardless. The, I have all the power. You can't. <laughs> regardless, Tyreek projected 1,900 yards. Waddle projected 1,400 yards. Rest of the team, 1,400 yards. That puts them at a 4,700-yard season. Yeah. I mean, I did. I just made, uh, to your credit, I just made a trade to go get Tyreek Hill because I think that he's, yeah. I mean, he's saying 2000. I think he'll get close. I, I'm with it. I, I'm I'm aboard the Tua train. I've taken him in a number of leagues because the upside is just so tantalizing. If he can do it, if he can play most games, he's such a lock for like a QB1, like a high end QB1. So 
I'm with it. Well, I like and, it. And if he gets the contract extension, that locks in his dynasty value. Yeah, I'm with you. Okay. Uh, great. Let's move on to Mike's second spicy hot take. How, how spicy do we want this? Bro, we are doing spicy hot takes. This is the bold take battle. You want it spicy as possible. So there's an offense that I'm super in on right now. And you guys know this already. The Steelers. Well, there's two. Also, yes. Uh, I think that Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, and Quinton Johnston all finish top 24 in points per game. Because I think they're going to alternate injuries, which kind of gives me a little bit of an upside. (laughs) But when we think about... That's cheating. You can't do that. (laughs) So I said points per game. But when we talk about how good that offense is going to be and how explosive, like I think Justin Herbert is going to make 5,000 yards look silly. He's already thrown for 5,000 yards once. Like now he adds a more creative offensive coordinator. He adds a first-round receiver. He is just going to absolutely crush all expectations on the Chargers this year, and I think all of his receivers will benefit. So I got three Chargers receivers in the top 24 points per game. Book it. You are such a Herbert stan. It is so funny. You you are just – you're in love with that guy. Uh, what's not to love? He's yeah. young, contract extension, hot, contract extension. Uh, All sorts of good weapons. <laughs> Herbert, if you're listening, okay. shoot me your number. We can talk. God, mm, if we could get one person to do our intro for us, it would. I would 100%. I would give. I would do $100 personally to do Justin Herbert. Let me check Cameo when we're done. I, I like that no one caught me on saying I would pay $100 to do Justin Herbert. Thank you for not mentioning that. Let's move on. Well, you did. Anyway, what's your next take? At least we're not live. I got got to get used to this whole live format thing. Uh, Okay, yes. My second spicy hot take. Uh, I got one that I like a lot. I hope it's spicy. I I think it is. I think it'll it'll shake some some, uh, uh, minds up here a little bit. Uh, I think that when you look at the dynasty wide receiver landscape, there's obviously, I mean, we've talked to a whole bunch, the top two guys in their own tier, Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase. I think there will be a third wide receiver entering that tier come the end of this fantasy football season. And his name is Amon Ross St. Brown. I think by the end of the fantasy football season, Amon Ross St. Brown will be the consensus wide receiver three in dynasty fantasy football. He is going to eat this year. Jameson Williams is a knucklehead, suspended, nothing. Jameer Gibbs should open things up because he is also going to be a problem. The Lions have a top five, top three O-line, which is where Jared Goff thrives. And we've already seen it. We've already seen Amon Ra be an absolute target monster on the Detroit Lions. And I think he will complete his ascendancy this season. I'm seeing 1,300 yards and 11 touchdowns from my man. What do we think? I'm in. I I have no feedback because I think that offense is going to be 
nasty. And Sam Brown is, he's the only guy left standing at this point. So uh, other than fighting for targets with Laporta, who will finish as a top 12 tight end to help me out. I, I think it makes a lot of sense. And I think that his draft capital has held off us putting him in that tier. Yeah. But three straight years of, you know, he finished the back half of year one, nasty year two, unstoppable. Now, if he has a solid year three, like throw him in the tier. Why not? Praise the sun. Uh, great. Anything I, I else was, before we, yep. I was just going to say as somebody who like, you know, I'm a bears fan. So I watch the NFC North all the time. I'm used to not having giant offensive outputs from players that weren't the Packers because it's usually a defensive driven division, but across all four teams, no defense really stands out. That's going to stop. And there's actually some pretty potent offenses in the NFC North this year. And I could absolutely see the Lions putting up huge offensive numbers just to like keep up in games or probably outscore the other team in games, which I'm used to defensive slugfests. And it's actually going to be very weird for an NFC North fan this year. Yeah. I, I, yeah. The Lions are like my, my second NFC team that I, I really, really, truly love. Um, if I wasn't a Hawks fan, I'd probably be a Lions fan. But let's go ahead and I mean it's Dan Campbell too. I, I uh, you just I love that dude. When I watched Hard Knocks last season, it was just like, oh, I love the Lions now. Okay, bite some uh, freaking <laughs> kneecaps, dude. Uh, let's take it back to the Spice General himself, Mr. Eric Watt, for your third and last spicy hot take. All right, this one is the top. Better of the be top. spicy. The spicy of the spicy. I have been a fanboy for years of this player, and I think he is coming into a time of his own. He has a great talent, has had been one of the top guys coming out of college. We've known about him four years. He lost three games in seven total seasons as a starting quarterback and never lost on a Saturday until Patrick Mahomes beat him last year. He is the prince that has been promised. Trevor Lawrence will be the QB1 in all of fantasy this year, the top scoring player in fantasy, and the NFL MVP with the Jaguars having the best record in the A AFC. Book it. That's my pick. So it's weird wow. that Lawrence could do that while Herbert's doing it at the same time. So I'm trying to figure out how that is going to work together. Yeah, but, I don't understand how uh, Herbert and Lawrence are going to do it when Jalen Hurts is going to do it. So that's super weird. That and I don't know how they're all happen. doing it when Kenny Pickett's doing it. So, so I mean, I, all three of those guys can't do it and Geno Smith doing it. That would just be crazy. Geno Smith wins comeback, comeback player of the year. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. There are right. three other divisions in AFC, and all of them are going to be beating each other up all year long. The Jaguars are the only team in the AMC South that are not total booty cheeks. Oh, and Trevor yeah. Lawrence might, in fact, be the only good QB in that division. I, oh. I do actually have reasonable feedback for this, if you'd like it. How many rushing yards do you think Trevor Lawrence gets? I could see Trevor Lawrence being somewhere in that like 20 to 30 rushing yards a game, which isn't a ton. But I also could see him running in some – touchdowns in the red zone i think he's mm -hmm. going to be throwing it all over the yard i love his weapons this year i think ridley's going to come back strong kirk is a great wide receiver too if ridley comes back as a wide receiver one 
Engram's nothing to shake your nose at. I like him in the tight end slot. Um, and then you have ETN doing burst plays. And he can also yeah. catch the ball, too. I just think there's a ton of opportunity for Trevor Lawrence to put up stats this year. And they don't have a lot of competition holding them back in their division. And I think they can stack a lot of wins and a lot of points together. He needs to either lead the league in touchdowns by a lot or rush for 500 or more yards. So I think you're really banking on the Ridley effect here or T-Law just taking another step forward, which 100% available. Like he was the prince that was promised. So it's possible. Kind of surprising. I, I would expect a lower number, but he did have 300 rushing yards last season. Trevor Lawrence did. So, yeah, so if you even add 100 I mean, to that and another 10 to 15 touchdowns from him progressing in the offense. And yeah, only had 25 passing touchdowns, so that's kind of the other part of the equation. But yeah. if he can double the touchdowns or double the rushing yards, then... Yeah, if he can yeah. just have an outlier import- improvement, then yeah, we're in. Okay, but if he can double the rushing yards... And the and passing touchdowns. <laughs> it's coming. The prince has been promised, and he has arrived. That's the cool that he'll still come in second to Herbert, but that's fine. Well, how how many how many rushing yards is Herbert going to get, Mike? Rushing yards? I'm not worried about that because he's going to throw for six thousand yards. Hundred touchdowns, six thousand yeah. yards. Six thousand yeah. yards, seventy-five touchdowns makes Peyton Manning's best season look <laughs> like child's play. Yeah, I mean, I I like the take. I mean, I love. Some yeah. Um, so I'm I'm with you there, Eric, in terms of like, is there a zero percent chance? No, I think it's more than a zero percent chance. Yeah. Uh he is, as you've said, the prince that was promised. I love using that colloquial from Game of Thrones, even though it's a trash series, still a you know, a good book, but incomplete. And the uh the TV show was absolute garbage town, but we can we can reuse Prince That Was Promised for our own purposes. And it's now Trevor Lawrence's nickname. Um, I do think that, oh, shoot, what was I going to say about this? I think that Trevor Lawrence has a chance to get into this QB1 range. I What's weird to me is that fantasy drafters in redraft right now are looking at the quarterbacks one through five, and they're pushing them way up draft boards. But six, seven, eight right now is Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, Justin Herbert. I think that they all have just as good a shot to be a top three quarterback as being quarterback nine, 10, 11. So uh, redrafters take those guys. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. For sure. All right. Uh, Let's keep it moving. Evan, you got one more spicy hot take, man. Make it count. Yeah. So I'm not quite sure how spicy hot this is, but I like the Texans to be over six and a half wins. They're they're projected to be the second overall pick. So they reasonably, everybody thinks that they're going to be a bad team. And I think they improve with the head coaching change. I think they improve with being able to get Will Anderson. They improve with being able to have a rookie quarterback. I know Mike hates hates rookie quarterbacks, but... I very much think that the Texans play in one of the worst divisions in all of football. Uh, And if we want to get even spicier, I'll go ahead and say that they will have the second best record in that division. Colts, no, not uh, Jaguars being number one. Yeah. Jaguars being number one, Texans being number two, Titans being number three. And Colts being dead last. Is that with seven wins? Yes. 
Yeah. <laughs> that uh, backs up my Jags winning the AFC. Thank you. It does. It does. Yeah. Yeah. You got that going for you. Okay. Let me, um, let me just pull up the Texans schedule real quick. Look, before I got super hooked on Anthony Richardson after watching way too much of his, his tape and just obsessing over his analytics, I was CJ Stroud QB1 like way back when, like way, way, way back when pre-draft. Um, I still really like CJ Stroud. I think that he can elevate uh, the team. I think it's possible. So I, I, I don't hate the take. I think it's a kind of an uphill battle. I mean, like uh, Mike will back me up. <laughs> it's it's going to be tough. Uh it's possible though. Will Anderson is a great piece, and now they have CJ Stroud at the helm. Um, wide receivers seem lackluster, but maybe. Do you do you think that they make the damage? Like, are they squeezing these wins out with like defensive play? Like you're you're thinking like a Demeco Ryan's kind of situation, kind of elevates the defense. Yeah, I think it's one hundred percent defensive play. I think Anderson gets pressure on the quarterbacks. And Stingley Jr. is just an absolute monster yeah. and takes the next step as the corner for them, the clear corner go. one. So I just ran through their schedule real quick. Just from the top, I'm going to go through all of the wins that are possible. They play the Colts twice. They play the Falcons. They play the Saints, the Panthers, the Buccaneers. They play the Cardinals. Maybe they steal one against the Jags, the Broncos if they implode. They play the Titans again twice, and they play the Browns, which that's a win. So this could be a 10-win team by accident if they're just medium. If they're just medium, which I didn't think I was going to say when I came on the pod today. I love it. That's a great take. Okay. I like it. Uh, All right. Let's get to Mike's third and last, spicy, hot, reaper pepper take. Let's go. I would like to play a game with you guys. Would you like? I to have the game? ADP of everybody from ESPN's live ADP. We're just going to play a game of smash or pass. Smash if you'll draft them. Pass if you won't. Okay? Smash. Shoot. Cool. Oh, <laughs> smash. Uh, Kenny Pickett, quarterback 19. Smash. Smash. Deontay wait, Johnson. Wait, wait, redraft. wait, wait. Redraft. Re- oh, redraft. Smash. Still smash. Pass. Smash. Pass. Devin, you're muted. Uh, Deontay Johnson, wide receiver 27. Ooh, right on the money. Pass. Eric, if you're in on picket, you got to be in on Deontay. Mm, I'm more on pickings. Smash. Uh, Pickens, wide receiver 31 after Deontay. Smash. 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 Pass. 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 Tight end nine. Smash. Pass. Smash. He was the tight end eight last year. Pass. Nobody cares about Na- Najee Harris, RB12. Or if you oh, don't smash. like Najee Harris, Jalen Warren, RB47. Okay. Smash. Smash. Ready? Smash. My, smash. Smash. My spicy hot. Definitely not a homer pick. That's why I didn't wear my Steelers jersey. Oh, is this a Steelers pick? The Steelers, Mike. I'm recording this. I'm screenshotting this. Every single player that I just listed beats their ADP this year. Because the best way to win in fantasy football is to find an ascending offense. I have found that rookie quarterbacks tank their offense. And then if that quarterback improves the next year, every single player is a value. 
Look at the Jags last year. Everyone was like, man, I'm out on this. Christian Kirk sucks. Christian Kirk finishes a top 12 wide receiver. I never said that. I never said Christian Kirk. Zay Jones finishes the wide receiver like 27. I've never said Jay, Zay Jones sucks. <laughs> last year, I bet you did. I bet no, everybody said I, I want nothing nope. to do with the Jags offense. Nope. I was always in on Zay Jones. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here first. Um, I just think that these are, you know, people were burned last year by the Steelers offense, rightfully so. Now they're out. And while everyone else is out, I'm in. The Steelers offense, every single piece beats their ADP. Screw it. Darnell Washington's going as the tight end, like 36. Smash. 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 Okay. I just like saying smash. Uh, I like it. No, I, I get what you're saying. I mean, if, if you believe that the offense will take a step forward via Kenny Pickett taking a step forward, then logically speaking, everyone should take a step forward. It, it Rising tide forward. rises all ships. I'm it, with the, you. The Steelers' the yellow tide. I am with you on every single one of those players except Deonta Johnson. I am pretty down on Deonta Johnson. I'm also. Just, I, I have. I have Deontay Johnson fatigue. I'm like. I'm. I'm almost kind of sick of it. Like he finishes a wide receiver thirty last year and didn't catch a single touchdown. Yeah, exactly. He didn't catch. A Give him game. two touchdowns. He's in the top twenty-seven wide receivers. I've been hoping for Deontay Johnson, like wide receiver two. It just feels like for too long. You said he's he the was, only one that I'm like, I'm just fatigued. I'm tired. You said he was wide receiver 27, right? Yes. I hope he's sitting at wide receiver 28 and drops a touchdown pass at the end of the season to finish wide receiver. 20. <laughs> I will cry for many reasons. I have another take if you guys don't like the Steelers homer pick, but I can save I, that. I like it, but if you want to double up and give another one. Be I'm going like, to give one to Corey real quick and also plug. Uh, hey, check out the uh, comment in the uh, description. Pete Carroll ruined my fantasy team. I think Zach Charbonnet is going to outscore Kenneth Walker this year in total fantasy points. Okay. Uh, how do I kick you from the... So, uh, pass catcher? This is, in PP, this is in full Oh, PPR. I can ban you from the studio. Oh, never welcome back. <laughs> full PPR, he catches passes. He runs in touchdowns. He's got me hot and bothered. He was my RB2 coming out of the draft. He just went to the worst landing spot possible. Like, Pete Carroll is unpredictable and silly, and Zach Charbonnet does the right things and has every right to be on the field every play. So, I think he does it. Uh, No, but I appreciate your gusto. I, I have one more thing for that too. Uh, soft oh. tissue injuries in the preseason do not bode well for the player moving into the season. Lower extremity especially. So when you're looking at a groin injury in the preseason that we haven't seen Kenneth Walker play, they, there's a very good chance that they just put him on ice, they rest him, he's on a pitch count. Any of those things can happen, and now we're looking at Zach Charbonnet. So. That's why uh, DJ Dallas will be RB1. I would – Scream. Uh, I yeah. I mean, I look. I like Zach Charbonnet too. The problem I see is that Ken Walker injuries aside, pitch count aside, I just think he's like clearly the more talented guy, like the more explosive guy. Um, and I think he just, again, injury aside, I think he has that like touchdown, like eighty yard run upside every single time he's on the field. 
Um, so, yeah, I, it's tough, right? Because I, I have to like Zach Charbonnet, and I do. I do like him, but I have to like him even more because he's a Seahawk. Uh, I like all of our RBs, but they're all getting hurt, and it's tough. Um, I, I'm obviously like a huge Kenneth Walker guy. Um, but, yeah, I feel you. I had a take about Kenneth Walker on here, but I don't want to be a homer. I, I, I don't want to do it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do something else uh, because I, I put some extra takes on here. And just having you give a Seahawks take, I think I'm going to pivot. Um, I actually have two. And because you gave two, I think I'm going to give two. And we have a little bit of time, so I'm going to do it. Uh, my first take uh, that I think is the maybe the le- less spicy of the two that I have going here. But my first one is that I don't think any of the rookie wide receivers this year will eclipse 800 yards. I think they will all be under 800 yards in receiving yards. Every single one of them. Jackson Smith and Jigba would have been my only guy that I'm like, I could see it. I could see more than 800. Now that he has a broken wrist, it's sketching me out a little bit. And I think even that was going to be difficult to do. I don't think any of these guys eclipses it. I think there are myriad reasons why not for each guy. And I can go through them all. We don't have a lot of time left. So I'm going to leave it with that. And if you guys have specific questions about that, I'm happy to answer them. But I think every single one of these guys is going to be fine, but not great. Speed run through the top three. So, I mean, Jackson Smith, uh, I think that he's great, but he's a rookie and has DK and Tyler Lockett still ahead of him. Broken wrist uh, doesn't help his case any. I think that he'll be a little bit on the mend uh, dealing with that injury. Uh, Zay Flowers, I love him. He is one of my favorite rookie wide receivers, favorite rookies, honestly, in this whole draft. But he's on the Ravens. And I think that Odell is going to command the targets there. I still think that Bateman is alive, unfortunately. I think they'll give him looks. I, I don't like him, but I think he's on the team. And they'll still give him looks. I think it's like sneaky crowded in Baltimore. So I don't like Zay Flowers getting over 800. And then Quentin Johnston is Josh Doxson. So moving on to my uh, my extra spicy. Do you need more evidence of that? I mean, he's Josh Doxson. Like, he's pretty much the same guy. Uh, he's not going to eclipse 800. He never will in his career. Is that spicy? I have no words. All right. Uh, getting into my secret last spicy take, though, and this one will be what we. <laughs> this <laughs> I like that quote that you put in there. Uh, <laughs> this one will be the one we go out on. I have said it, and I will continue to say it. You can claim my Hawks bias all you want; it has nothing to do with that. It has everything to do with what I have seen out of Russell Wilson after he, honestly, was still on the Hawks. His last year with the Hawks, his first year with the Broncos, what I have seen out of his last two years, I think he is done. I think he is done and dusted. I think that week five, six, uh, Sean Payton offense, if they go one and five, two and four, I think you're going to be looking at Jared Stidham as the Broncos QB one. That's spicy. But, I mean, is there a good spicier. track record? 
is there a good track record for 30 something year old quarterbacks who are coming off of a bad season? There's not a lot of bounce back opportunity at, you know, signing up for AARP. I can get spicier. Get spicier. We got 30 seconds. I think that the Seattle Sea Dragons QB legend, Ben DiNucci, will be the QB1 for the Denver Broncos week seven. Book it. So everybody, uh, the ones that we actually brought to the show, we will be doing a shot at the sloppy cast for the end of the football season if we got them wrong. So be sure. Oh, to book no. oh I forgot about that. Oh, no. Oh, wait. Hold on. And now Ben DiNucci is going to get Corey royally messed up. So All right. uh, anybody have any saved rounds, funny takes or something else they want to bring up? Eric, what you got? I'll take a shot of like for that one. Point out to Corey that I have 245 million reasons why that that is very wrong. But I will also water bet you right now, Corey, right here on the spot. When we hit week six, the Broncos will have a better record than the Jets. Oh, dude. Let's make it a Everclear bet. Done. Handshake. A Buffalo Trace bet. Oh, that's a better one. Sponsored Buffalo. by Buffalo Trace. Use code FFRPG at checkout. <laughs> I wish. One of these days. All right. Well, that does conclude our podcast for the day. Uh, appreciate anyone who stopped by and check it out. And we will keep the live streams a rolling. I think it's a it's a fun format. Definitely keeps me on my toes for having to moderate things. And, uh, you know, it. I think it brings out the best in all of us. Except Corey but, Oh, I didn't. Uh, sorry, I didn't hear you there, Eric. We're out of time. Uh, thank you for checking us out, everyone, and have a great night. Goodbye. Wow, wow.